0: The discipline that I I, uh, have been talking about is all about talent optimization, which is all about how do we align our people practices with the business strategy in order to produce optimal business results. Mm -hmm. What that really comes down to is how do we help make sure that organizations can design winning teams, can attract top talent, onboard them effectively? How do we inspire our future leaders to perform at their best? And how do we diagnose whenever there's problems that take place in an organization? I like to say that every business problem is a people problem at its heart. Mm -hmm. And how do we start to diagnose those issues and figure out where we skip steps? What I most often find when I'm working with business leaders is that whenever we see an issue that shows up in the business, we can almost always trace it back to a people problem.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hacking HR Podcast. I'm Tatjana and I'm delighted to be joined today by Matt Pepsil. I will tell you straight away a really catchy phrase and I'm sure you'll understand as we dive into the conversation why this is so exciting and I'm hoping you're going to take away a lot of good stuff today. He is the godfather of talent optimization and one of the key learnings we will take away today is to follow the money. So good to have you.
0: Welcome Matt. Thank you, Tatiana, for having me.
1: Thanks for joining. And I should also add that you have been in the US military, uh, earned a massive credentials there. You've come from the business where you've done amazing things a product software side. Then you went on to study further, went into professional development, hold a PhD, and now you're doing something truly phenomenal, which helps the business and the HR side. Tell us more.
0: Yeah, I'd love uh, love to tell you more. The discipline that I I, uh, have been talking about is all about talent optimization, which is all about how do we align our people practices with the business strategy in order to produce optimal business results. Mm -hmm. But that really comes down to is how do we help make sure that organizations can design winning teams, can attract top talent, onboard them effectively? How do we inspire our future leaders to perform at their best? And how do we diagnose whenever there's problems that take place in an organization? I like to say that every business problem is a people problem at its heart. Mm -hmm. And how do we start to diagnose those issues and figure out where we skip steps? What I most often find when I'm working with business leaders is that whenever we see an issue that shows up in the business, we can almost always trace it back to a people problem. So that's the type of work where I, I really enjoy doing is trying to understand how do we help businesses and people perform at their best?
1: love it thanks for sharing and you did mention you started in business first which still unfortunately in the hr profession is rare so Mm. what really drew drew you to this kind of idea that yes you mentioned professional development and personal growth but Mm. what did really help you make that leap and say i'm going to help those folks because there is a driver in me
0: i think one of the first things was i realized how terrible of a manager i was you know i came from right. uh, I,
1: <laughs> I, I came from domain, yeah
0: self reflection is a it's an important thing you know I, I as a business leader i thought everything was just about the business it was the hard technical aspects of what i was supposed to do it was all about project management in my case software product management mm-hmm. and i thought you know you read a bunch of books about how business works and the mechanics of it and that was what you were supposed to do and so when i got into an operating role and i started to hire my own people One day I had a really uh, terrible incident where I had to let someone go. And this was somebody who I had hired and I had made a mistake. I didn't understand the real humanistic part, the the behavioral requirements of the role Mm -hmm. and had to make a change. And she cried and I cried and it was terrible. And so as I started to reflect on what had happened and what I could have done better, I came to realize that what was important for me was I had to stop managing the business and I had to start leading people. And I started to realize that there's this entire uh, human element that I had really had to come up to speed on. I had done fine with the technical bits, but it was people inside organizations that produce business results. Mm -hmm. And when I became, uh, uh, that realization kind of hit me, then I was like, well, I need to really go back to school, so to speak. And then later on, literally, to understand the, the people parts of our businesses. And I'm so glad that I did, because I found out that's where the real lasting source of competitive advantage is.
1: Right. Well, certainly a hard learning then, that you're yeah. going through, but probably a very valuable one because we are glad to have you by our side, actually. You did share in our pre-conversation that um, you have really been looking to diagnose the challenges that lead to um, faulty decision-making, low impact on the business, some reason people parting ways when everybody thought it's actually a great match Can you talk a little bit more about the model that you use or the work how you do it and how you really identify areas to diagnose and then work on
0: yeah i think one way to think about the framework is that we start for example in january let's say that's the start of a fiscal period Mm -hmm. and the executive team typically will go and have finished up a period of uh, strategic planning (laughs) and we'll come and say okay this is now our strategic aim for the next 12 to 18 months whatever it might be And then all of a sudden, people start working. Now, by the time you get to December and you look back on what the organization has accomplished, I talk to very few CEOs and other executives who say, we totally crushed it. We went beyond anything I thought was possible. Instead, they usually come up a little bit short. And what happens is the middle part is typically what they miss. And the middle part of what happens between January 1st and December 31st is the people part. Mm-hmm. So, when you start thinking about the, the elements that I talked about earlier, how do we design teams, hire talent, all these things? If we skip the people parts, then all of a sudden the business result we get at the end of the period is not going to match all of our hopes and dreams we had when we began it. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of my work today is around talking with and, and engaging with HR, people operations, talent professionals, however you might call them, they have different terms for themselves. And I think one of the best, uh, most things I enjoy most is trying to help them get a better foothold when connecting with their business partners. I often find that they're frustrated and say, I have a trouble getting a seat at the table. Or if mm-hmm. I'm on the agenda, I'm last on the agenda, time permitting, and we never yeah. have time to talk about my stuff. Or if I go talk to one of the business managers, I know this stuff, this is my job, but they don't understand or trust or give me the time. They won't engage with me the right way. And that's where, you know, we talked about it in the opening, the biggest uh, a lesson and the biggest counsel that I give to talent professionals is I say, you must always follow the money. Mm-hmm. So I love teaching HR professionals how to follow the money to really get the attention of the business because for better or for worse, that's what they have been trained like myself back in the day. That's what we were trained to understand the best.
1: That's right. That's the language. So let's go a little bit deeper on that. How sure. do you actually teach following the money?
0: Yeah, so when you, what I find is that if we skip steps when it comes to optimizing our talent, it's going to show up in one of three important ways. Mm -hmm. The first is missed targets. What you find is that if we have any sort of issues in how a team works together, if there are competing goals, if there's miscommunication or competing styles, whatever it might be, it could lead to a point where we miss business targets. So where Mm -hmm. we have metrics, KPIs that are being missed, that is a drain on the bottom line. The other major business driver is around strategy risk. So I mentioned in January, if we say we've got the strategic intent over the next 12 to 15 months, and the business is thinking, I'm not so sure that we're going to be so successful here. We need to develop new capabilities. There's some new innovation. There's a new division we need to stand up. Those at their heart are people-centric issues. Mm -hmm. So starting to follow the money and tied to what's at stake. That's my favorite question. What's at stake if we get this wrong? so those are the two primary business drivers the third is i encourage talent professionals to use a term that all business people hate are you ready for it go it's a people tax we end up paying a higher than necessary people tax when we're pursuing those business objectives if we skip over the parts that talent professionals have been trained to help us get right the people tax shows up in the form of miscommunication in the form of poor decision making frustration A lot of managers fail to calculate how much time they spend putting people back together when they come in and they're frustrated because another department Mm. changed up their forms and now I have to go slowly and I don't understand and all that is lost energy within the organization. That tax doesn't show up on the bottom line directly, but it is there. And so when you see a manager who says, I'm losing 10, 15, 20% of my week because I'm trying to calm my people down or to help them work better with other uh, parts of the organization, all that tax happens when we skip steps when it comes to optimizing our talent. And that's things that talent professionals do every day. It's just we have to follow the money and start to understand and help business understand how these things drain the bottom line.
1: I love that because to your point, this is not measured anywhere.
0: No, it doesn't show up as a direct metric. You don't have a dashboard on that. Exactly.
1: And probably this is why it's skipped and or just ignored until it really causes pain, as you say, in hours spent that could have been spent effectively with customers, new ideas, new project innovation, whatever, versus it's really calming down a crowd of people who apparently don't seem to be working together anymore.
0: True. Now, one thing I'll say to cap this part off is that, no business executive that I know of wants to miss a target, have the strategy they work so hard on, put it at yep. risk, and nobody wants to pay a higher than necessary tax.
1: Oh, yeah. And that's why <laughs> you follow the
0: money, you'll get the attention. <laughs> that's where the hard work begins. Now you've right. got their attention. Now you've got to pay off on that, right? That's where you have to take the next step as a talent professional to say, great, now that I've got your attention, I'm sure you're thinking of the logical next question. What do we do about it? Exactly. Yeah. And in my experience, that's where the coaching says, great, we've got you, the audience that you're looking for. Now, what does it mean when we skip people steps? Like, why does that happen? And, and what does it mean to get a peop, uh, one of these different people steps right? In my experience, the framework I like to use is called awareness, insight and action. Mm-hmm. It all starts with awareness. Let's take an example of designing a team. Okay, mm-hmm. I have a brand new team that I'm going to stand up to accomplish some important work within the organization. Am I clear about the work that needs to be done? Am I clear about the people who I've assembled onto this team and how they're naturally similar and different from one another? Mm -hmm. If I basically just take all of my top performers from around the business and I put them onto a team, that's not necessarily going to be a successful team. We need to understand who they are relative to the mission. How well are they suited for this new thing that we're asking them to do? If I take, for example, enterprising entrepreneurial type people who are high performers, and I put them in charge of a project that's all about preventing risk and mistakes and producing quality, terrible fit. Now, if, what happens if I take a really diverse team and put them together? Well, that's great, you've got a lot of balance, but how are you gonna negotiate those differing styles? This one wants to go fast, this one wants to go slow, this one's all about the people, this one's all about the results. How do we help raise awareness? It's all about awareness at the first stage. The second bit comes down to insights. Once we help understand and educate ourselves about the natural similarities, differences, preferences, tendencies of people, now we can start to ask the question how might this show up in our business? Mm-hmm. How might this show up in our work and how it together? So, as an example, I've worked with uh, people who are very diligent and detail oriented. They're very much about process and precision. And I love working with them because they're all the things that I'm not. <laughs> I I'm so. anything <laughs> but those things, right? And so it's a joy to work with them. Complimentary strengths. Thank you. Perfect. Complimentary strengths are are perfect. Now, what that means though is that I can't just treat them and act with them any old way that I would naturally want to be treated. I can't just walk up to them unannounced and start, you know, talking and thinking out loud and talking, you know. They were let's write this down. Can you please give us some orders or some directive that's a little bit more well thought out? And I'm like, well, it's going to hurt, but I can try, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the type of thing that happens. Right. And then that last critical bit is the most important. What is the work to be done? So many times, and and I find that a lot of talent professionals are guilty of this too, we obsess over who's doing the work. We want tons of assessments and data. We Mm -hmm. care very much about the personal experience of people, and those are all important things to do. But how those things relate to what is the work to be done, that's where I see if I had a magic wand, I would help all talent professionals really up their game when it came to really thinking about how the mechanics of business marry it up and touch on how I like to think about it. These are two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. What's the work to be done and who's doing the work? Mm-hmm. And if I sit down with a talent professional, and I say, tell me about who's doing the work. They'll tell me chapter and verse. Oh, here's all the things. You know, this is great. And Jimmy's awesome at this stuff. But then when I say, tell me about the work to be done, it's like, well, they only have a general vague sense sometimes about what's the work and how's Jimmy right for that work. Now start to say that Jimmy is one of eight team members pursuing a complex set of goals and objectives as a team. Well, now the dynamic's really, really complicated. And that's where the last bit, moving from awareness, insight to action. If you have a team, let's go back to follow the money. We have a team that's missing their targets. Mm -hmm. And if I show up at your place of work unannounced, And I take each of those eight individuals on that team and I ask them, what are you going to do differently on Monday morning to produce a better business result and better team dynamics with one another? They would all have no idea in most organizations of what Mm. to do. They have no awareness of their natural strengths and weaknesses relative to one another, how those do and don't relate to the business mission at hand. Mm. They have no idea the insights, the implications. They don't necessarily, we don't see it sometimes because we're in it. It's hard to see it. But the most important part is they don't have an action plan of, you know what? In order to move us forward, I'm going to use my superpower, which is all about innovation and in ingenuity, but I'm actually going to not talk over everyone just because I'm so excited about my ideas. This would be me talking <laughs> on a good day. And I'm not <laughs> going to you know, sort of uh, take the group off track because of something You know, three months down the road when we need to solve and make a decision right now. Mm-hmm. So it's like, once you know that you have that self-awareness and you know that that might happen within the team dynamic, I can have a very clear action step that says, yeah. do this differently on Monday morning.
1: I love that because typically HR talent, people, folks, whatever we want to call them, have that innate strength. They have this power exactly to understand people. A lot of us are well-trained in psychology, educational sciences, any of that nature to really know how people tick. So we have that already signed off, right? We know how this works. But Definitely. what we seem to be really lacking is then the transition to say, to your point, how do we get a seat at the table, which has already been claimed, and some people say, bring your own chair and all of those wonderful metaphors. But it is really about making use of the vocabulary of the business Definitely. by actually just translating it in a way that is convenient to us, because we have all the skills, we have all the knowledge. So just a matter of connecting the dots, really. It's nothing new. Definitely. It's no new language that people are so afraid of sometimes and say, I don't know how to relate to my CEO or whatever. I feel misunderstood, not understood, not listened to. Whereas it's just take this one little step further. Mm -hmm. Everything you have is already there, but now all you need to do is connect the dot to, as you say, what is it if i miss the target well what's the driver for that well those people don't talk to each other they don't take each other's orders they work right. against each other well there you go so maybe that's a reason So correlation and that's find right. a, a remedy for that
0: that's it's so true
1: simple, right <laughs>
0: It's so true. It sounds simple, but when we don't have the mindset, the frameworks, when we don't have the tools Mm. to be able to do it, then it becomes almost impossible. Mm. So you end up with business people who think about the business in very technical terms, typically, and you have talent professionals who are thinking about the people in in very human terms, Mm -hmm. which are both important and critical on their own the question is how do you bring these two together and i find that there's very little common ground in some organizations where the two are speaking the same language or using the same frameworks Mm -hmm. it's almost like they went off to learn two different languages and bring those things back together but what i like to ask uh, sometimes to a business person when i say is an org chart made up of people or jobs and you Mm -hmm. think wait a second it's made up of people because Sally reports to to Ricky who reports to Shanice and all these types of things. And you're like, okay, but what if Shanice leaves? Mm -hmm. Well, we'd have to rehire for what, for that position. So it's like, well, they're inseparable positions and people, Mm -hmm. sometimes people leave, sometimes jobs change, but in reality, it's the answer is both. And so in an org chart, when you start looking at functional relationships and reporting and hybrid and matrix and all this stuff, and you have people's names and their job titles on the org chart, where's the equivalent of how the work is actually getting done beyond the work chart? Mm -hmm. So now we need new tools. And what you'll find is when you dissect work and people inside organizations, I tend to find it breaks down into one of four categories, either innovation, teamwork, process, or results. Mm -hmm. And there are tools that we can use to start to understand what is the work to be done expressed in those people-centric terms And how do we look at people through that business-centric lens? So it acts like a translation layer between what's the work to be done, who's doing the work, and how do these things compare to one another so we can have awareness and insight and action. So that's what I've been doing for the last probably 12 to 18 months is doing research in this area. And have just been so impressed with the productive conversations that talent professionals and business professionals can have when they're sitting side by side Mm -hmm. and looking at the same data and looking at the business through a people lens or look at the people through a business lens, Mm -hmm. right? Depending on the situation, magic happens, magic happens.
1: I love that. So you've shared so many really super valuable nuggets of wisdom and actually very, very practical. Like I've taken a ton of notes where I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I could overlay this, you know, put this question first, then second, third, Now, let me ask the other question in reverse. Do you also enable business to understand what HR talent people are after when they say certain things or come up with certain ideas and suggestions? Do you also help them understand that it is just a matter of exchanging some words and eventually we would be speaking the same language?
0: Yeah, a lot of times when I'm talking to business professionals, there's two things that I realize that I have to do. One is make sure that they understand their personal responsibility to do what I did not early in my career, which is to invest in the craftsmanship or the craftspersonship about learning the people part of your business. Mm -hmm. So many times if I see something like I'm a business person, right? And I see something related to talent or HR issues, I immediately think that's for HR to worry about. I see things like culture and employee engagement and these things. Oh, that's HR's problem. No, no, no. That's your problem because you have a leadership position. You have a a responsibility in order to get the people part right, to educate yourself about what it means to lead others, to become what I call an authentic people leader. That's what Mm -hmm. I call it now. It's funny, Tatjan. I like to say, I went from being an insecure business manager, IBM, to Mm -hmm. an authentic people leader, APL, Apple, right? (laughs) So I went from Uh, IBM uh, to uh, Apple, uh, uh, but I learned that lesson the hard way. So now a lot of times what I do is I talk to uh, business leaders and I say, don't abdicate your responsibility to be a leader to your people, okay? So once they understand that and they can get that through, then the question is, who can help me? I'm Mm -hmm. busy. I don't scale. And we say, you have talent professionals right inside your organization and they can help you. This is what yeah. they do for a living, this is what they love to do most, but they need you to bring them in and to share with them how the business works. You need to help, they will commit to you, You know, if I've been able to coach them, that they will speak to you in business terms and they'll show you how to realize your full potential as an organization through people practices, but all people practices take place within the context of the business. Mm-hmm. So what I say to, the, to these uh, business leaders is, there are people in your organization who have been trained to help, but they need your help to translate. Yeah, so, yeah. once you understand your personal responsibility as a leader and you extend and build a bridge towards your talent professionals and, and use the same data, common language, both strive for the same, uh, avoiding the same problems of the, of the uh, missed results, the strategy risk, the people tax, all of a sudden we can have a really fruitful partnership together. Mm-hmm. And I'm really proud, Touchana, that the talent optimization program and the certifications that we offer see an almost an equal number of HR professionals and business leaders who are trying to come together and join in this this sort of shared mission that we have about realizing the full potential of our organizations by realizing the full potential of our people. So I'm I'm really encouraged by what we're starting to see, but there's a lot of work to do.
1: Oh yeah, I'm very sure of that. It takes people like you, you know, just jumping yourself into this. Now tell me, is there any remarkable, like, Um, result or any kind of observation you've made since you've been working in this model and with those very very diverse groups of people is there one thing you will see really stands out it is it wasn't imaginable in the first place but all of a sudden it's turned into something magnificent and it's really worth sharing
0: I think there's so many great examples Mm -hmm. of of new partnerships taking place of of people who have been really frustrated with the, just having to live with the day-to-day challenges of, mm-hmm. of not having this sort of talent optimization mindset uh, it's hard to put a to fingerprint you know, put a finger on any specific mm-hmm. one of them but i do think one of the things that's most exciting for me is when you see that light bulb go off when yeah. you start seeing that something that was so mysterious and so so sort of um uh, hard to get your arms around so abstract like strategy We think about strategy and sometimes we'll print it off on a one page business plan we'll put up on the wall we'll do all kinds of things but it's hard to see the people part of that Mm -hmm. but when you start to bring these things and break them down using simple tools and simple frameworks like you observed earlier then all of a sudden it's a now i understand (laughs) now i understand why sales and marketing are so frustrated with one another it wasn't their functional differences it was their personality differences or it was the nature that they actually had competing goals I had a chance to give a talk to these, um, uh, it was, it was uh, senior HR people inside very technical organizations, right? Mm-hmm. These are like Fortune 50 companies. And when we start to realize that, for example, within uh, technology shops, you have competing goals. You have mm-hmm. the need to innovate and to do research and development and to drive you know, the, the future. But at the same time, you want high efficiency. You want you know, low defect rates you want stability and scalability as well. Well, these are opposite goals and they mm-hmm. attract off- opposite types of people who are going to have those competing styles. And so understanding the nature of those things in organization is something you could talk about, but when you can show it using data and visualizations, like yeah. what we've been creating, then all of a sudden everything becomes clear and here's that, oh, it's aha moment, right? Unbelievable.
1: I love that. No, so cool. I'm seeing some eye-opening um, effects here. So, so certainly yeah. it works. I can tell that. Matt, any final words of wisdom? Unfortunately, it, it, we are coming to an end. There sure. is one question we we'll love to ask um, all of our guests on this show. What are you most excited about and or most concerned about if you think about the future or more specifically the future of work?
0: Yeah, I think what I'm most excited about is the increasingly human role that we're playing, the best leaders are playing at work. I've seen leaders show an unprecedented level of vulnerability and transparency. Mm-hmm. I think that the pandemic and the economic and social fallout that we've seen has really led people to be bring more of themselves to work. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really encouraged by the fact that hopefully we're going to move more people from IBM to Apple. We'll move them away from being insecure business managers to <laughs> authentic people leaders. But I think... Um, the concerns that I have now is that now, you know as we as we record this and we start thinking about the world of work went through an abrupt change in 2020 right but now the changes aren't over yet we're not just going to go back to the way that work was now we're seeing a lot of uh, forces that are uh, continuing to shape the world the world of work and so one example is some companies went fully remote and now employees are starting to return but not all will mm-hmm. some will elect to stay remote because they can and they prefer it and so in order to manage that sort of hybrid summer, you know, um, people have returned to the office and some have elected to stay remote. That's a trend right now that I am intensely interested in a manager who was having a difficult time being an authentic leader before, mm-hmm. you know, we were remote and then had to shift to fully remote. And now has got 10 in the room and 10 on the zoom. And like, how do I manage this whole dynamic? That's going to be a really tall order. Again, another area where the business needs to partner with their talent professionals in their organization to learn the techniques to get this right, develop Mm -hmm. that awareness, insight, and action. So I'd say of any of the trends that I'm watching right now, I'm intensely interested in a partial return to work, more hybridized work environments, Mm -hmm. and what that's going to mean for uh, future leaders.
1: Right. Well, thanks for that. Certainly keep an eye on it. And I think you almost partially raised some of the solutions there. So maybe there is yeah. something people can take away, um, especially around the vulnerability part. I think this is going to go a long way. It's going to help. It's been such a delight. Thank you so much, Matt. Thanks for all the generosity in sharing all those insights and in ideas. And um, people, you heard it, follow the money. There, there is a simple <laughs> result and a simple solution to almost all of our problems and challenges. Lovely having you. Hope you stay safe and well. Thanks everybody for watching. Keep uh, looking out for next episodes of Hacking HR. Thank you very much. Thank you everybody for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong. And we will see you soon.